Welcome back, everyone, to the first Best of the Best mini-sode for this week in our Sports Bonanza November. That's right. We are kicking off this week. Um, you're going to get an episode every day this week, a mini-sode. Um, true mini-sodes. They're not going to be much more than like 15 to 20 minutes long. And uh, we are, all week long, we're going to be investigating the best of the best. Or I'm just going to basically... Uh, crap out at you a few things, some sports-related things that I think are the best. And we're going to start off with, well, this is how the week's going to go, but we're going to start off with the best, <clears throat> excuse me, the best sports movie. And then we're going to go to the best stadium anthem, the best sports TV show, the best sports celebration, and the best sports villain. So that's what we're going to be doing all this week. Every day this week, new episode for your holiday week. Um... Should be a fun one. Uh, obviously, if you if you disagree, feel free to leave your uh, free, feel leave your disagreements in the comments. Um, you know, whatever. But uh, I think that you're at the very least. I'm going to make a compelling case for each one of these as being the best. Um, though the only one that I that the only one that I think might start, spark some arguments is the best stadium anthem. That's the only one I think will spark some arguments. I think at the very least I can bring you bring you more than halfway um, on, uh, on on everything else. But uh, like I said, we're going to start off with movies, so let's dive into it. the best sports movie. And before I actually name the best sports movie, I just want to get a few things clear like in the way that I think about sports movies. Um, I tend to leave out biopics uh for for one when i when i think about this um mostly because we're not really we're not talking about the sport necessarily we're talking about the person and a lot of the um a lot of the, a lot of sports biopics while they do include uh you know very important moments you know maybe it's a, a big fight in ali or something like that um well it's well there are like some big sports moments to mark the the occasion in these people's lives it's really more about the the sports biopics are really more about their life outside of the ring or off the field or off the pitch or whatever that's really what these sports biopics are they're far more concerned with everything happening outside the lines and while you could make a very good argument that maybe the best sports movie is uh one of these um uh you know academy award-winning biopics um for me, that's just not how I think about sports movies. Um, also, same thing with like the overly serious dramas, and this is this is more of a this is for me getting just I, I don't know. You could say maybe I'm splitting hairs here, but I just really don't like the over overly serious dramas. They just don't feel like real sports movies to me because again, the focus being more on human behavior, the focus being more on again stuff that's outside the lines, relationships and stuff. It's not that you can't, and it's not that you can't comment on those things. In fact, you should in every, well, every movie, but you should in every sports movie. But I, again, I, I like, I just don't, I don't think the, I don't think the the uh, the players' personal lives are the most important linchpin of a sports movie, and that, that's why I kind of separate those. Um, separate those uh, out of out of bunch two and also sports documentaries like that's another thing that I, i'm just not considering here um simply because you know it, it's simply because we're just we're not talking about we're we're just getting into different territory you know it's like um you, you again you might you could probably make the argument that some of the best sports movies are like you know talking about like the um i know the last dance is a sports tv series uh you know the 
chronicling the the Michael Jordan's era with the Bulls. Um, you could make the argument that's the best sports TV show, but it, it's not. I'm thinking more along the lines of fiction and how 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 fictionalized how fictional storytelling can still um, play the right notes inside of a sports inside of the real world of sports. That's really what I'm looking for. So I also you know cut sports documentaries out of this. Um, so again, I I need to you know cut those out and then what for me what makes a great sports movie. Um, obviously we're, you know, you can kind of guess some of this simply by, uh, omission from, or, you know, by what I left out from the, the first part there. But, um, for me, like I, I need a sports movie to be about the sport. I need it to be about, if you're going to make a baseball movie, make it about baseball, um, or, or football or tennis or whatever. It doesn't matter. It has to be about the sport, the nuances of the sport, um, you know, the, um, what, what the day to day, at least a glimpse of what the day to day is like in the sport. I need to know about the people playing and coaching the sport, obviously. Um, but what it's like for them day to day, what is it like for the players day to day? What is it like for the coaches to get pre- to prep all this stuff? Um, I need at least, again, this is, um, this is, this is going to tail more into why I picked this particular movie, but it also really does help for the people watching the sport. Right, we need to know about the fans. Like, what is the fan base like? Um, you know, that's a critical element. Not that you need to have, <clears throat> not that you need to have, um, in the case of my selection here, not that you need to have direct surrogates uh, for the uh, for the fans like this particular movie does. But certainly, you need to know that there are fans of this team, fans of the sport, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and they have opinions on things that are happening. And then, obviously, you need to be able to you need to be able to showcase and highlight some of the absurdities of playing the sport. Like, you know. As again, as serious as um, it, the reason why I don't like the overly serious stuff is because you kind of miss out on the truly funny and bizarre stuff that only happens when you play a sport. And like, as someone who, as someone who you know grew up playing sports, um, you like I can tell you that there is just like there are locker room situations, there are things that happen on the field um, that just don't, they just. They only happen in those situations, and the only thing you can do about them is laugh. Um, you know, like, be it, um, you know, someone making a base running mistake, and, you know, that causes some, like, weird, so, causes some weird play to unfold. Stuff like that. It's these these little these little parts of the game that um, really are only funny within the game. The absurdities of the sport, um, I, we need to highlight some of those, too. So, enough preamble for this one, enough of me rambling. Um, the best sports movie, and I may, I, I think, I have a feeling, for me at least, this will always be the best sports movie. Uh, but I, I think that even, even against, the, even against some really well-made sports documentaries, even against some really well-made sports biopics, I think this still, um, this still is a, a legit contender to the, to the throne for the best sports movie for other people of all time, and that is of course, 1980, the 1989 comedy classic Major League. Um, am I biased because it's also about the Indians? Yes. 100% will not deny that the fact that the, t- that the team in question here is the Cleveland Indians, which upon hindsight, I can't believe Major League Baseball, um, especially considering that the Indians at that point in time were one of the teams that could have been, like the Indians, the White Sox, there were some other teams um, that were threatening to move uh, to Florida um, around this point in time. So I just find it kind of hilarious that the uh, that Major League Baseball allowed that sort of licensing for one of its teams, but nonetheless, Major League, this is the best. Uh, this is the best sports movie of all time to me, and 
besides it, you know, kind of hitting all the things that I laid out here in terms of like that we're getting really down into the movie mechanics here. Um, this movie has some of the most memorable characters uh, in, in any in any comedy, any sports movie. You have some of the most memorable characters, and obviously, you need that for any movie, uh, obviously. But in terms of sports movies, because because there's a lot of there's a lot of guys wearing the same uniform. There's a lot of um, there's you know on any in any sports movie, there's more players. Um, there's more people not getting screen time. They're just in the background. They're just other players. Um, there's a lot of, you know, there's just a lot of more, there's a lot more moving parts in a sports movie usually, at least ones that are team oriented, that you need to have these memorable characters stick out. Also because, you know, because we are sort of talking about, in, in the case of Major League, we are talking about a team going through an entire baseball season. Um, the action, the sports action and everything that's happening to them in, in, in you know, day to day, game to game, it wouldn't mean anything if the characters weren't memorable. And like I said, we have some of the most memorable characters in the history of comedies and certainly in the history of sports movies. Um, everyone in their own way. Well, let me get through the characters here first. Um, and there are also these characters are very memorable, but they are also very much sort of exaggerated um, caricatures of players of player types that you that you really could find um, on a major league baseball team. You know, we have the superstitious Latin player, uh, you know, Pedro Serrano, the, the, the big Cuban slugger. Uh, played by Dennis Haysbert. Uh, we have the over-the-hill pitcher trying to sque- squeeze out one more season. Um, certainly, that's a little bit less. That doesn't happen quite as much now anymore, simply because these guys make enough money that, um, you know, once it becomes apparent that they, they can't get any more out of their arms um, or, you know, bat or whatever, uh, these guys tend to retire. But, you know, you go back into the go back to the 80s when uh, kind of fringe fringe fifth starters for bad teams weren't exactly guaranteed a lot of money um there were a lot of guys like uh, eddie harris uh played by the the great chelsea ross um that were all you know that were trying to always squeeze out one more year uh to get you know to get uh one more one more page you know basically you know one more season's worth of paychecks um so the over the over the hill guy trying to squeeze out that one more season we have the guy that had his career ruined by injuries uh you know jake taylor of course played by tom berenger um, you know, that's, uh, you, that's sort of all it, throughout the course of the movie, they kind of talk about Jake, about how he really would have been a great, really great player. Had he not, uh, just torn up his knees when he was much younger. Uh, we have the professional who forgot sports are fun, you know, the pros pro, but you know, too much of a pros pro in the, in the case of Roger Dorn, who of course we have to loosen up over the course of the season. And we do, uh, and then we have the, as I'll, I'll put them together, they're a little bit different, but I'll, I'll put them together. I'll call them the prospects. Right, we got the young guys with some talent. The actual guys with a lot of talent in uh, Rick Vaughn and Willie Mays Hayes, of course, played respectively by Charlie Sheen and uh, Wesley Snipes. We got the grizzled old co- the grizzled old coach played by Lou Brown, uh, or excuse me, Lou Brown played by the late great James Gammon. Uh, we have the the classic the classic villain uh, owner uh, Rachel Phelps played by the late Margaret Witten, and of course. This is this is the one time, one of the very few examples where one of the very few examples where um, the commenta- the commentation the, excuse me the commentators and the commentary is not only necessary but so well used in this movie. Um, obviously, we have uh, the legendary Bob Euchre playing Harry Doyle, our um, our radio play by play announcer uh, for the Indians in this movie, and 
where they go wrong with a lot of sports movies is that every piece of the sports action is has commentary over it. Um, it's it just it it is sort of a depends on the movie, but this movie doesn't have constant this movie doesn't have constant um, essentially voiceover um, with uh, with Harry Doyle. It's he's used exactly as he needs to be used when the situation calls for us to sort of sit back and watch the buffoonery unfold. Uh, but we know when everything's unfolding, we're not constantly hearing Harry Doyle in our ears as if we're listening to the radio. We are letting you know the players on the field talk it out. There's a few moments. Uh, where there is no commentary, where just you know the scene just happens, and we you know you kind of you kind of get to sit with the fans cheering or whatever, and then obviously I as I mentioned before, you have the fans, um, the the surrogate fans, most notably uh, led by Randy Quaid, who's for some reason I didn't put the character name down. Let me look this up real quick. For some reason I didn't put the character name down, but um, regardless, Randy Quaid, one of the one of the fans that. Um, uh, that we see from game to game, kind of being the surrogates for the the, the Cleveland Indians fan base, um, <clears throat> and you know, despite all of these disparate personalities, obviously they're all very likable in their own way. Um, even the the villain owner is even the villain even the villain owner is kind of Rachel Phelps is even kind of likable in a very particular way. Uh, you know, she she has this like bizarre story you know it's a stripper who um who married the former owner of the indians and then when he died she inherited the team um you know she has some ridiculous ridiculous endearing qualities but every, but pretty much everyone else is extraordinarily likable um you know even the uh even phelps's gm charlie donovan who played by oh gosh who was charlie donovan played by i want to say he's one of carpenter's guys uh john carpenter's guys but the name isn't popping. Uh, Charles Cyphers, yes. Um, Charles Cyphers plays Charlie Donovan. And even he come, warms up to the team as the season goes on. So we have the memorable characters nailed down. Um, seriously, like, I, who doesn't who doesn't think of, if they hear the song Wild Thing, who doesn't think of Rick Vaughn coming out of the bullpen? Who doesn't think of, um, you know, who doesn't think of Willie Mays Hayes, uh, Wesley Snipes shaking his hips as he, uh, as he gets into the batter's box? The uh, even some of the side characters um, that that pop up uh, throughout the course of the uh, throughout the course of you know the, the opposing players that pop up throughout the course of the movie, uh, most notably like Clue Haywood, um, just it is just it's a fantastic tapestry of these like great great characters, great character actors, um, you know, really getting these getting these sort of um, opportunities to really shine again. In the case of like Chelsea Ross and Dennis Haysbert. Um, uh, obviously James Gammon just getting the chance to shine with these like with these great character roles it's fantastic and then you know we need the stakes we need the stakes to be realistic for everyone involved right so like no one is going out on the mound mound and pitching to get their family back or there's no implication that if um you know there's no implication throughout the course of the movie that if um, if Jake Taylor does well and the Indians and the Indians win, it's not like his life is going to suddenly rebound and all the things that he missed out on in life are going to be suddenly handed back to him. Like there's no implication for that. Um, certainly, you know, it certainly it does help uh, with it certainly does help his relationship with with, with Rene Russo um, throughout the course of the movie. But it's not really dependent. In fact, she doesn't give a shit that he plays baseball. Um, but it's not like Jake needs to hit the game-winning home run in order to 
to score um, to score Rene Russo. Why am I forgetting Rene Russo's character's name? Uh, Lynn. Um, it's not like Jake needs to hit the the game winning home run to win over Lynn or something like that, right? Like those sort of outside stakes that really are nonsensical to what's happening, just aren't they aren't present. What is present are some even though again it's very absurd. Even though it's even though we have some absurd circumstances and stakes, they are still realistic in the course of the movie, right? Like most everyone on this team is fighting to stay in the major leagues. Like I, I, there's a couple of again, like we we find the quote unquote the prospects, um, you know the guys that have real talent with Vaughn and, and uh, Willie Mays Hayes, but basically everyone else and Serrano for that matter, but everyone else is just on on their absolute last chance to be in the major leagues. Um, you know, be it Eddie Harris pitching, you know, covering himself in Vaseline to get that to get that final, you know, to get like some kind of edge. Um, you know, when, when we go through his whole routine of all the the various um, all the various gels and things that he uses to to doctor the ball. Um, you know, Jake Taylor. The implication being that you know he's he can barely walk, but you know this is like his last shot. Lou Brown's literal uh, last shot at managing a baseball team. So the stakes are there for the players and the coaches, right? Um, the fans, obviously, everyone. Uh, so I guess you could say Phelps and the fans have opposing stakes, but stakes nonetheless. The fans obviously are hoping the, the team plays well enough to stay in Cleveland, and Phelps is hoping everyone can be as bad as they have been historically so she can, so she can ship the team off to Miami. Um, and then as the season unfolds, it kind of becomes, it kind of becomes um, – you know, we have the two different stakes that emerge. Like, hey, you guys, we're not that bad. We got a shot at, at making the playoffs. Um, and then, alternately, you know, because they, you know, it this does feel like sort of a one-shot kind of deal. Um, you know, the explanation that Lou Brown gives them is basically, you know, even if you guys do well, you're probably going to be released by the team and, you know, anyway, or released or traded anyway um, because, you know, Phelps is spiteful. So it becomes, the first thing is, hey, let's make the playoffs. And the second thing is, hey, let's rub it in, in, uh, in Mrs. Phelps' face. So we have actual realistic stakes that, in this absurd comedy, come to light. And then, last, you know, lastly here, and this is the most important thing for any sports movie, we have legitimate, believable sports action and legitimate, believable sports scenarios, right? Um, the sports scenes are great, and they're never too elaborate. Like, we're never trying to show too much of what's happening. If, it's a, if there's a line drive into right field that Serrano needs to get and throw in, um, you know, Haysbert does, you know, Dennis Haysbert does a really good job of actually looking like a baseball player um, and getting stuff in, getting the ball in. Um, the, the, the way that they're shot is very believable. Like, you can follow the action, you know, clearly. Uh, and, and, you know, like, just thinking about the last, um, you know, Jake Taylor's last at bat and how we are getting the very dramatic, the very dramatic look at everything, um, you know, with the pitch coming in, the the pitch coming in up and high, high and tight on Taylor knocking him down, um, the the bunt and everything else, um, like all of those moments, sort of are very they're again they're shot with great, great dramatic you know great dramatic effect uh, on the shots, but still are you can still sequence them, and you know you can still sequence them and it like it it makes sense throughout the course of the. Um, makes sense that the course of the, of the of the action sequence like what's happening and how it's unfolding so the the action is is really really well done in this um also they did a lot of live on location filming at it was actually in milwaukee county stadium it was the stand-in for uh cleveland stadium uh in this movie 
Um, but they had an actual crowd, actual, you know, they actually had some other, obviously they had a bunch of other major league players that were, uh, able to film, uh, for this clue. Haywood, uh, the guy who played clue Haywood was actually a pitcher. I, I believe I could be, or I could be wrong. Yes. Yes. Clue Haywood was, uh, Pete Vukovic, um, uh, former American league Cy young winner, kind of a, kind of an old school, tough guy from the, from the seventies and eighties era of, um, of major league baseball. Um, so you could have like actual players uh, to help lend some lend some credibility to the action. Obviously, again, filming on location with a crowd definitely helps with the realism as well. Um, and then obviously, they made sure that they did a really good job of getting some very athletic actors in the in the key roles. You know, thinking about in particular Charlie Sheen, Wesley Snipes, <clears throat> Dennis Haysbert. Again, you know, Clue Haywood as like your one of your um, notable one of your notable. Um, supporting cast members there just playing a baseball player but like they had some actual athletic people um you know be able to play some of these some of these roles so when they do so when we do get some you know some action sequences it doesn't it doesn't look you know it doesn't look awkward right like I'm, i'm assuming that some of the guys who weren't as athletic they probably had to do a little bit of more a little bit more cutting around but when you see, um, you know, when you see Wesley Snipes running and sliding and doing making catches and stuff, that's Wesley Snipes because Wesley Snipes is a tremendous athlete. Charlie Sheen was doing all the pitching, and as you as you probably know, if you're familiar with some of the backstory uh, on this, Charlie Sheen was definitely on steroids uh, <laughs> during the course of this filming, and he was throwing the ball like 86, 87 miles an hour. Um, but you know, Charlie Charlie Sheen looks like a real pitcher. Dennis Haysbert played in like uh you know adult men's baseball leagues and he's actually was in some other baseball movies as well um besides the major league movies so you know they had in the terms of the people that they, that they knew they were going to get some screen time in these action sequences in these sports action sequences uh they made sure that the key people were in fact athletic which is a uh, you know a very necessary thing so there you go that is that is my selection for the best sports movie major league i don't think You'll never be able to convince me otherwise. I I can't imagine for the rest of my life another sports movie is going to come out that knocks that knocks Major League off its pedestal. Um, I, I just I don't know. It's just to me it is it is perfect. It's it is truly one of those movies as um, as we discuss in the show when we do our cinema dissection. Um, you know, like the the idea is that we're kind of examining these movies that are that are perfect. Um, and it might be, you know, they're they're perfect for particular reasons or whatever. And in this case, I think this is a perfect sports movie uh, for all those reasons I laid out. You know, the the believable sports action sequences and scenarios, the the realistic stakes, the way that the characters are. We're talking about some of the most memorable characters in the history of in the history of uh, of comedies. Um, and then you know all the stuff that the the way the 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 way that the movie um, attacks, you know, the sport and really investigates the sport in a very funny way. So, I, I to me that this nothing can knock this thing off off of this pedestal for me, and I'm, I'm just not sure that you could ever really find anything, any other sports movie that's quite as perfect as Major League. But maybe you disagree. Let me know. Um, let me know what you think. In, in, in uh, I don't know. I guess you could you could comment on Podbean. You can comment on Instagram. Let me know if you disagree with my selection as Major League as the greatest sports movie of all time. Uh, quick quick honorable mention here. Um, the two other that I kind of had it, at least at least somewhat in mind while thinking about this. Um, Necessary Roughness. Um, and I realized that it's miles away from this one. So 
probably shouldn't even be a complete um it's it's just it's let's just say it's a very soft honorable mention uh necessary roughness uh college football movie with uh scott bakula sinbad kathy ireland uh i want to say hector elizondo i know i'm missing one probably possibly robert loggia i think yes robert loggia it is a hysterical movie and a hysterical look at very very small college small college football um it's it's very very funny it's again it is upon hindsight it is miles away from how good this movie is but still worthwhile uh and the other one that i that i kind of had in mind as well um was and this is more of a definitely definitely a childhood nostalgia selection um but uh cool runnings um the about the jamaican bobsled team uh it's again miles and miles away uh, in terms of the the quality uh comparative quality to, to major league but still very hysterical and the fact that i can still the fact that it it's you know the fact that it's still sort of like it's it's a movie that i haven't seen in a long time but like i still remember clearly remember scenes and little um little one-liners and stuff from that movie so i'll, I'll give my two honorable mentions there too necessary roughness and cool runnings but otherwise, uh, that is it for this episode. I did pretty good time-wise, a little longer than I thought. But we did kind of lay out some stuff in terms of explaining uh, explaining what we're going to be doing this week. So that obviously ate up a little bit of time. But otherwise, that is it for this first Best of the Best, best, of the best Week mini-sode. We will catch you tomorrow. <laughs>